0: Okay, let's do this.
1: Okay, welcome to another edition of the Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and we're coming to you on a beautiful sunny Monday. Uh, this is the first podcast we've done in quite some time where both of us were not working today. Uh, Jason Cameron, looking fresh, looking spry, uh, has spent uh the past uh what 72, 96 hours <laughs> in bed, uh, Really, <laughs> just, uh, getting refreshed. Uh, glad you could pull yourself out of bed and do this podcast today, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Uh,
2: so am I. So am I. I you know what? Uh, I, I'm just going to step right into it. Weekend was fantastic. Uh, I I really appreciate the friends and family I have because I, I am super fortunate that so many people want to celebrate my birthday. And just continue celebrating it
1: nice.
2: over the month. Yeah, so the
1: whole month. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, brilliant.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that it's, it's pretty brilliant. So, because already last weekend, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, I was with a friend, we celebrated both our birthdays. Then this past Friday, I went out with other friends that wanted to celebrate my birthday yet again. Wow. So that's me doubling down and just having more fun. Sweet. It was awesome. Yeah, now, we went to um uh Fantastic place. That, that That's one of my favorites. I know it's one of your favorites, too. Smitty's Oyster House on Main and 16th in that area. Yeah. The food there is immaculate. Uh, the staff is incredible. Uh, they treated us so incredibly well. We had a great time. And I ate a ton. Yeah. And I got
1: Yeah, no, uh, I, I love that place so much. Um, uh, they got that uh, original location in Gibson's. Phenomenal. So happy when they brought a location here. Uh, me and Joey Robertson, uh we've we've had a few great nights there. And uh I've I've been on on another few occasions. It's it's awesome. Um Jade, our friend Jade just lives around the corner from there. So uh, oh. uh, good location. We were shooting at the Heritage Hall um on this latest show and uh was just right, you know, right on the same block there. So Um, That was good. Got an opportunity to go have a meal and uh, a drink or two. And yeah, it's uh, it is one of the I'd say one of the newest gems in the city for sure.
2: Oh, yeah. I'd say it's one of the newest and best gems in the city. And I hope it doesn't go anywhere anytime soon and stays open for a very long time because their food is really good. Like, like
1: really, really, really good. Exceptional. Yeah. Yeah, exactly on uh saturday we um we went down in that area of town uh we tried to go to court side uh which is on maine and about eighth and um they were had an hour and a half lineup to uh, <laughs> even just get in so uh they gave us a suggestion a place called aj's it's a pizza place just around the corner on broadway and uh went there uh it was amazing uh some of the best pizza I've ever had in my entire life uh they got, this, they got this deep dish Detroit style pizza there and uh holy crap it was just absolutely phenomenal amazing uh I I could have I could have eaten about three pizzas it was just in um in amazing 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 I got to watch the uh, NCAA while I was sitting there and yeah, um, I recommend it. AJ's uh, around the corner. Of Friends of Courtside, they said go there. You'll you'll get a seat. Just let them know uh, we're full, and we told you to come over, and boom, they got us the uh, best seat in the house. Nice,
2: nice. I, I like I like that when restaurants help each other out and say, mm. "All right, well, we can't serve you; these guys can't." And now that you've said that, this pizza joint is so immaculate and amazing. I wonder if they deliver.
1: I'm curious. Uh, yeah, nah. I saw. Yeah, I saw Uber Eats and. The dishes guys uh kept coming and grabbing food and taking
0: okay. it.
1: So you know they maybe something to try out for sure. Yeah.
2: All right, that's cool. That's cool. But yeah. hey, that's great to hear though that courtside is uh obviously doing very well if they have an hour and a half lineup. And it's great to see to know that there, we do have basketball fans in the city. Not everybody's just a hockey fan. I know, <laughs> cool. I
1: know. I know. I'm just so thrilled that it's there and and it's uh happening and showing that we do have uh massive amounts of basketball fans uh we got there plenty of time to uh watch the first ncaa game and uh no nope, it was uh no hour and a half they said guys and i'm like holy crap there's no way we're waiting that long and went around the corner watched that game it was um it was that uh, Florida Atlantic, Cats Florida Atlantic eight game, yeah, and another massive upset. Florida Atlantic uh, ninth seed in the tournament, getting to uh, advance to the first final four in school history, and uh, you know just really shocking the world. Uh, this whole entire tournament. That I
2: I wanted to say I thought that game was the most exciting out of all out of all the elite eight games. I thought that was fast paced high scoring guys were it was it was like body blows they were just training body blows back and forth back and forth i love that game yeah i, I absolutely love that game and that ninth seed they didn't play no ninth seed,
1: no, no. ninth seed I've
2: ever seen before
1: yeah no it's it's incredible um i think the ncaa is a little worried and concerned because all their blue blood teams are not in it i i listed them last week And uh, those are the teams that drive the revenue for them. They're the teams that, you know, always attract the highest top level talent. I think there's gonna be some big, big rule changes to stop this from happening. I think this is a one and done where there's all these teams, three of the four teams are making their first trip to the final four, Uh, unprecedented, just crazy amount of upsets. But I, I know the NCAA is money hungry uh, as most sports organizations are, and I don't think they're going to allow this to happen. I think they're going to change the rules after that. What do you What do you think? I don't know how what
2: they can do to stop it because they've already allowed the like the portal transfer system, which makes like movement between players just and like and like snap of the hands that quickly. And so, with that being said, and then also too with the fact that guys do one and duns and stuff, I think you're going to see more of this. Going forward, I think you. I think I think the NCAA tournament is literally up for grabs now, because this is like the the third time I think where some of the blue bloods have just not even been involved in anything in the final stages of the NCAA tournament.
1: Well, my prediction is that they're going to change the rules to to stop this, either making it a um, uh, not a one and done type of thing. You you lose once and you're out of the tournament, Um, or uh, forcing pe- people that are playing uh have to be, have to have two years, three years in college. They can't do one and dones. They can't just join a college team and then leave for the NBA after a season. I think they're going to try to implement stuff like that. This transfer portal was a, a brilliant idea because it really sucked. If you joined a team, maybe they fired the coach and suddenly you're not in the good graces of a coach and suddenly you're riding the pine. You're not able to really show your skills. You get stuck. You want to transfer to another school. You have to miss a whole redshirt year and sit out. Uh, I like that they have this transfer portal. I think it's brilliant for movement of players that aren't in a good fit in a good situation. But I don't think the NCAA will allow this to happen. They they want the Dukes, the UNCs, the Kentuckys. They want those Teams in it every year, and uh, I I think they're going to make some drastic (laughs) changes to ensure that's the case. Well, I I know
2: they want them in there every year because those are the teams that uh, fans are familiar with, right? At Mm -hmm. the same time, landscape's changing. Like some of these these guys that are just excellent players aren't even going to college now. Yeah. So, like now, you just don't you you have less players to draw from. That's what I'm saying. You have less players to draw from. Sure. So if you have less players to draw from, that means those institutions that you can always count on are going to be depleted because they can't get those players either. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The G league ignite has really uh, drawn some players away. Uh, we've got teams in Europe that are bringing guys on, not uh, having to go the college route. Uh, it still ensures you the ability to be scouted and get opportunities in the NBA because the global scouting has uh you know hit every team now and uh there are differences and changes but um I think this was kind of one of the most unprecedented NCAAs Uh, I love the upsets I think it's exciting I think it's phenomenal I I can't believe how much I've been talking to people about holy cow did you see the number 16 one number 15 one can you believe the upsets and I think I'm talking to more people about it than I ever really remember ever doing it year by year before. Oh, yeah, me too. Obviously. How about this? Is there anybody
2: anywhere that actually got this Final Four right? Is there is there is there such a thing that anybody got this Final Four right?
1: I don't think I, there is. I amazingly no. heard that there's still a couple people in the running uh, with brackets. What? Have figured it out? Yeah, I, I heard that yesterday, and I I rewound it and I listened to it again, and I rewound it and listened to it again. And I'm like, really? There's actually some people that have still are in it with a bracket that hasn't been busted. That's incredible. Well, that's
2: incredible because that means that's like that's like your grandmother saying, you know what, Granny, just pick whatever you want, and they pick it, <laughs> yeah. and then she just like, wait. So she has
1: the perfect bracket, my grandma yeah, basketball, basketball. yeah i basketball. know yeah it could be something like that uh somebody mm-hmm. likes the color of the uniforms the names yeah. of the, the <laughs> nicknames uh throwing darts at a dartboard uh yeah. you know i've seen some weird ways of pred- predicting sports yeah you know, i remember uh there was an octopus who or they would let it out of its Little hole, and it would come out, and it would if it swam close to one of the helmets, they were picking that in the Super Bowl, you know, (laughs) stupid stuff like this. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, this if somebody knows basketball, college basketball, this well, and can predict that all these teams made it and actually ends up, you know, predicting the, the final winner, uh, I'll be pretty amazed and shocked, and I'd love to get some. Predictions and picks, and get the guy on the podcast uh, for sure, or even his granny if it was his granny.
2: Yeah, yeah, man, I I, I would love to see that too because it's like, well, obviously, uh, what are you, what are you like a Nostradamus see the yeah. future? Because yeah. that's the only way that you're being able to do that. It's either yeah. by purest of luck, or you can see something coming ahead. Because
1: yeah. as
2: far as I'm concerned, that is the most unorthodox Final Four I think I've ever seen.
1: Yeah I have I've been absolutely stunned and shocked and and the comebacks that I've seen you know you you see uh, uh the higher seeded team gets up 10 12 13 points and you're thinking okay well this is done and uh you know this lower seed just marches back storms back gets on a big run and, and uh you know some of the, the the comebacks that I've seen uh it's something we've been seeing in the NBA because of the three point shot because yeah. of the way uh, teams um you know have that ability to uh turn over the ball and get back right away and score uh go to the free throw line uh we've seen some crazy comebacks i'm um, i'm impressed so much with the defense that i'm seeing i'm actually seeing incredible defense in, through from a lot of these colleges way better defense than i'm seeing in the nba these days well yeah uh, i i think
2: for some of these teams, that's what they have to hang their hat on is playing aggressive, hard-nosed defense. Like San Diego State, that's what they do. That's yeah. what that team does is they play yeah. aggressive, in-your-face, hard-nosed defense. I wish we saw more of that in the NBA. But then again, I guess that would mean they'd have to you know, put in effort. <laughs> Sometimes that's just, not a, thing. It's
1: just yeah. not a thing. Yeah, it's shocking the difference. Uh, the difference between the two games now, is just so it, it's like two different sports almost. To watch no, a college game and an NBA game, I it there there's not much that's the same.
2: No, no, there there isn't much that's the same. It's uh it, it's jarring, it's jarring at times, right? But obviously, like there's the skill level, but there's also the effort level, and these kids are trying, whereas opposed to the pros, that's not always the case.
1: Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You're right. These guys are still playing it to get to the big show. And then once they join the big show, it's like defense. Oh, I don't play that anymore. Great. Woo-hoo! Never like <laughs> playing in college, high school, anything before. So now I don't have to play it here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All said. Uh Ryan Nemhard, uh Canadian uh brother uh in the NBA already. Uh he gets whistled for a foul with 1.2 seconds left. Um, As the Creighton player was, uh, no, sorry, as the San Diego State player was driving to the hoop, uh, they call him on a ticky-tack foul. His hand was kind Uh, of on on the waist. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, they had kept their whistle in their pocket almost the entire game. There was only been 22 fouls called in the entire game before that moment. 17 only free throw attempts. Seventeen free throw attempts, and they had really set the tone in that entire game where they were allowing, they were allowing physical contact. Yeah. How the hell do they, they blow that call? That that game should have went to overtime and five more minutes to decide the winner. Not the referee suddenly out of the blue making a call that he hadn't made all game long. That's brutal. That was so infuriating it made me so choke it was a great game um for how how competitive it was 57-56 i don't like a low scoring game that like that but i mean didn't they deserve five more minutes that that call was ridiculous i would say
2: yes they who was uh deserved five more minutes uh but in the letter of the law was it a foul well of course it yeah it was a foul but once the refs set the tone of the game and they're not calling that, then you don't expect that. No, so And I agree with you. You don't expect that. You don't expect that to be called. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, I do wonder, all right, because he did have his hand on his side. Did that alter his shot? No. Because that was where the foul was. Yeah. I don't think so. Because yeah. I don't even think there was, like – I don't think there was force where he pushed him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think there was. Like, it was just a guide so that he knew where he was to try to block the shot.
1: Yeah. No, I, I believe they – ncaa officials that and you know watching it they should have called the timeout. they should have went to the scores table they should have had a discussion was that a foul was that really the call that had to be made um i can't believe that the ncaa tournament officials that are watching it you know on their big screens in the control room weren't like hey w- w- no that was that wasn't a foul that didn't alter the shot he he wasn't pushing him. He was just he just had it as he was jumping up to try to swipe the ball away from with his other hand. He just had his hand out and it just happened to be on the guy's waist on his hip there. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't it did not deserve to, to end that game and end the season for Creighton who had a phenomenal run themselves.
2: Yeah, they had a phenomenal run. Actually, you know what? When that foul did get called, I thought he got him from behind when he was trying to block the shot. I thought I thought it was a foul on the hand. At and first, he, yeah. He, at
1: first, I he, thought that's what they were calling. But when you looked at the replay, no, he, he didn't connect with that other hand. So man.
2: yeah, so yeah, it was it was yeah, it was it was poor. It was poor showing. It sucked. It it was unfortunate. Uh, but uh, yeah, there you go. San Diego State gets the nod and gets in.
1: Yeah, I I, I love San Diego State. I've loved and enjoyed the Aztecs. Uh, I I actually remember them with Kawhi was there. And uh, you know how talented he was, how far he brought them. Uh, I I've always thought, you know, hey, this team, uh, if they can attract guys from Kawhi's year, you know, Kawhi Leonard, MVP of the final a little couple of times, won a couple championships. Uh, you know, consider one of the best defensive players of his time. Uh, you know, one of the top guys to go there and and you know get gain some prominence for that school. Their their most famous. Basketball player before Kawhi was there was Tony Gwynn, the uh, the baseball oh, Hall of Famer. <laughs> he played basketball as well, but uh, you know I I've, I've cheered for them and I'm I'm happy they're there. I just wish that actually went to overtime and we got a fair five more minutes to really decide the victor.
2: Yeah, I, 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 five more minutes would have been great for all the fans just across the board because it was a great game. It was a great game. Came right down to the wire and then. Unfortunately, the referee had to put in their input in the last couple of seconds.
1: I was pretty stunned by the comeback by uh, Miami, Florida, uh, beating Texas yesterday. Texas had an absolutely incredible season, and I really thought they were going to beat Miami here. Uh, they 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 had them down by a dozen. Uh, even you know, as the, cl- the clock started ticking, down by. 10 uh you know you're thinking okay well uh you know this was a great run for Miami but uh Texas went cold great defense by Miami and uh they they capitalized on their chances and and bam that was a that was a fun fun game and an incredible comeback win
2: incredible comeback my just Miami just they just locked them down they said yeah that's enough for you and they just came storming back storming back storming yeah. back I I was impressed because I thought game was over. Yeah. I, I was just like, all right, well, what else is on? There? Game's done. And then when I come back and I was like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> They're coming back? Uh, that I, was,
1: I was, that, was, that was awesome. That was so good. Yeah, I, I kind of thought, well, we had the same thing happen on Saturday where the first game was great and the second game was a dog. Um, <laughs> UConn really just blew Gonzaga out of the water. Oh, really? I've been a Zags fan for – A long, long time. They have really always been faithful to Canadian basketball talent Uh, pretty much every single year that I've been watching them. They've had a couple of Canadians on the team, and uh, I really have cheered for the Zags. Uh, They play in a conference that uh, doesn't really test them super much through the year, and they usually dominate, make the tournament every year, but they fade out. Uh, usually Sweet Sixteen, uh, Elite. You know, Elite eight at times. Uh, I was sad to see that they ran out of gas. It seemed like that UCLA victory was their championship, and they put all their blood, sweat, and tears into that, and they just didn't have enough for uh, to uh, beat UConn.
2: No, no, they they didn't, and like it's just like their offices just went cold, went ice cold, ice cold yeah. went, went went like down to the South Pole cold. Like they yeah. had nothing
1: nothing oh. yeah that was tough um as i mentioned earlier uh three teams in the tournament uh, making their first final four ever and yukon hasn't been there since 2014 uh so incredible that uh, these four made it um i i see that yukon is the betting favorite right now uh they are supposed to win um t- <laughs> But can you say that with what we've no. seen? Uh you no. know, can you really could you would you bet the house? Would you put all your money down on, on them taking it?
2: Absolutely not. No way. No way. No, no, not not on this particular NCAA double NCAA tournament. Like I I couldn't put money down on any one of them. I think it's a crapshoot. I think any one of those four teams can win. Yeah.
1: Personally, I uh... think any one of those four teams can win. I've got the odds here. Um, UConn is minus minus one thirty four. Uh yeah. Both Miami and San Diego state are plus 400 to win it all. And Florida Atlantic uh, plus 600. So they are uh, the Cinderella's. That's still alive being the ninth seed. I guess that makes sense. And um, yeah, uh, I can't wait to, to see the final four. I heard a few guys today say, no, I'm done now. I've, that was good. That was fun. But I'm done now. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? The, uh, these last three games are going to be incredible. I can't wait. Um, the first game is Florida Atlantic against San Diego State. That's uh, That tips off 309 Pacific, 609 Eastern on Saturday. And then the second game, uh, 849 Eastern, 549 Pacific. Uh, that's number four UConn against number five Miami. Uh, Pretty crazy that two teams from the uh, Miami-South Florida region are making it. That must be uh, really good for their recruiting efforts and really good for the talent that's coming out of that uh, uh, part of the world.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I think that's fantastic. I think that's great because nobody ever would have thought that was going to happen. For sure, nobody ever thought that was going to happen. And, uh, you know, for Florida Atlantic, nobody knew that they were that talented. Yeah, there They are. They are that talented. They are, oh,
1: they're man. loved watching them have just fallen in love with that program and that organization. And um I I bet you the recruiter, recruiting staff there are just so pleased because they just made their job so much easier to convince uh good talent to go there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that
2: makes it winning makes everything easier, as they say.
1: So great, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Uh, this, uh, usually I'm working, you know, twelve hour days, and I can't catch uh this March Madness. I usually record a bunch, and I you know flip through and watch, uh, if especially if I hear that you know close games and stuff. But uh, this is probably the tournament that I've watched the most in many, many, many years.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I've I've had a chance to watch myself now finally, from uh this prior week, so. It, it's been enjoyable. It's, it's, it's nice to actually be like home and be like, I'm comfortable. I can put the game on. It's good. It's good. Yeah.
1: No, it's so great. Yeah. I, I do love college basketball. I don't follow it as much through the uh, <laughs> season as I would love to, but I think now that uh, I've seen how the game is, uh, I'm going to dedicate a lot more time to it moving forward next season and, and uh, I hope they don't change the rules, but I think rules are coming that will stop this type of tournament from happening again. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I I, I don't know. I I kind of – I like
2: this, to be, be honest with you. I like the fact that, you know, these uh, little-known schools have a chance now. I, I love it. I, I yeah. think it it's better that there's more parity. I think it's better because then it's not necessarily that you have to go to a Duke or a UNC to be known. You go to any one of these schools. As long as you're good, people are going to notice you.
1: Well, my favorite NBA players of all time are Steve Nash, Steph Curry, guys like that. Look at the schools they went to. Uh, They only became known because they got to the NCAA tournament, uh, were able to pull off a couple of upset wins and move farther in the tournament, uh, prove themselves on the big stage and, you know, uh, finally get to the NBA. Most people didn't think they would have much of an NBA career. And, uh, you know, both have two-time MVPs and, you know, two of the best shooters of all time. Uh, you know, some of the guys that are on these four teams are probably going to, uh, you know, shock the world and join the NBA and be those guys that we talk about years from now.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, like like I've said before, like this is, this is their platform to shine. This is, this is their opportunity to,
1: if nobody was talking about them before, well, they're going to talk about them now. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was fun. It's been fun, and I, I'm glad it's not over. There's going to be a few more games to watch, so can't wait. Um. Yeah, a friend of mine texted me last week, and he said, how the hell can people not love sports? And I've been thinking about that ever since he texted that to me, and I've been just, like, I feel so privileged, so lucky. So happy that I was introduced to sports by my by my father, by my grandfather, by people in my life, and I I just have great weekends. Almost every single weekend is great because I've got sports there, and I'm going to find great things to watch and amazing moments to have. No, yeah, yeah, like
2: it's, it's sports is a unifying factor. It's a unifying for communities, for the people, for the city. You know. It, it's it's just unifying. And then also to those great moments or those unbelievable moments where you're just like, well, that shouldn't have happened. Or how could that have happened? Now those are those are the great moments that you look for that you want to see. Yeah. Because you want to be amazed when you watch these sports. And more than more than often you are amazed.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I was having a great chat with the guy sitting next to me at this AJ's place. Uh yeah. he was talking about hoops, and you know, we were having a fantastic conversation about hoops. I, I' gonna take you to courtside. We're gonna pick a a day soon. Uh, we're yeah. gonna go there definitely when the NBA playoffs kick off. But uh, you and I have have to go to courtside. We you have to be known by them. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've I've met the owner on a few occasions. Great guy. He's the guy that suggested the AJ's to me. Uh, we're going to um, be like Norm walking in. <laughs> Cheers. You know, I want to have a I want to have a regular seat. I want to know everybody. Uh, I I've already had amazing conversations with people around me talking hoops and uh, you can tell there's no way anybody in there isn't a hoops fan, which is fucking amazing. You know? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, no, no. And that's awesome. That's awesome. We've we've been needing like a restaurant like that for a long, long time. And now we finally have, and I'm I'm ecstatic and I can't wait to go with you to check it
1: out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take it for sure. We're going to, we're going to have a blast. It's Awesome. Um, okay, I, I do want to mention uh what I got on the TV here on this side. I've got some NBA going on. There was a huge game on the schedule tonight. It was the Denver Nuggets against the Philadelphia 76ers. We were going to get to see Joel Embiid and Nikolo Jokic, the last chance to shine against each other for the MVP race. And guess what happens? Um who 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 who
2: got injured or who was kept out? Let me guess was it was a Joel Embiid. Yeah. L- yep, load it? management,
1: uh, yep. given uh he, he's got a strained calf. Uh just uh wimped out, decided <laughs> no, I'm I don't want to go against Jokic. I'm too afraid. And uh <laughs> I think that maybe shifts the balance back over to Jokic for winning his third straight MVP. Uh I think it was a cowardice move. He played on the weekend. He played both games back-to-back. Uh, I, I was so disappointed when I heard he wasn't playing tonight. I'm kind of surprised that he chose this game
2: to take off. Yeah. Or, oh. or, or, you know, maybe he didn't choose it. Maybe, like, the, the medical staff said, no, you have to take this game off. Either way, you're coming right down to the wire, my friend, for MVP race. Oh. So going up against the other Nominated front runner MVP guy. That's probably a good game that you need to play in yeah. if you're not seriously interested.
1: Yeah, they spanked uh, Denver last time, and uh, it would have been just you know probably a nail in the coffin for uh, Jokic if MB just dominated him again and had a huge huge night. And uh, this this was such a such a disappointment. I was I was pretty choked. Uh, <laughs> it didn't come. I hate load management. I don't see it in most of the other sports and basketball. I think it's starting to really ruin the experience for a lot of the fans. And uh, it's making the regular season kind of seem irrelevant and not, uh, you know, as important as it should be. And it, it's kind of, uh, it's something that and uh, the NBA better address because it's happening way, way, way too much.
2: Well, like we were talking about before. They have to address it because, you know, their TV contracts are coming up. And then those guys are going to be like, you know, you're stars, right? You don't play that much. So I don't know if we're going to give you a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, like, I, mean, yeah, good, I, good I could see the TV uh, companies, uh, organizations being like, yeah, what the heck's this? You know, I'm I, I'm scheduling such a big game, the, the, you know, schedule Tonight it's a, it's a Monday, you know, you're like, Oh, what do we want to watch? Wow. We got Jokic against Embiid. Holy cow. The world turns to it. It's, it's on TV. And you know, one of the stars is out. Um, It's, it's just not, not a good look and it's happening. It's happening way too often for my liking. I'm, I'm really shocked at how often uh, there's these big matchups and you're not seeing all the stars there. No, no. It happens
2: a heck of a lot more than what it did in the past. Yeah. I'm so I'm used to seeing like you remember remember when Michael Jordan just played all 82 games? Yeah, Yeah. he just that's what he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just played. You know, now, oh no, 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 you're lucky. Or if you have like a guy like Kyrie, maybe fifty? (laughs) Maybe I don't don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully we can get him for 50.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to get into the full NBA talk uh near the end after we talk about the ufc because there are some uh, interesting stories uh, coming out of the nba lebron's back can you believe it um one thing i do want to mention is the longest playoff drought in nba history is about to end tonight the sacramento kings have not been in the playoffs since the 2005 2006 season and uh they uh they went tonight or um Two of the teams lose. Uh, it it looks like it's happening. Finally, 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 ending this huge, huge, huge drought.
2: No, that's good. That that's that's great. That's great for the city who they've suffered for so long, yeah. for so incredibly long. Yeah. And and you know what? And that I love watching that team. That team is amazing yeah. awesome. to watch. So they're fun. they're fantastic, great, and uh, yeah. That's what the fans deserve. The fans finally got themselves a
1: good team to watch and a team that's going to make the playoffs. Finally. (laughs) Yeah. I love this, this beam that they put, bring out of the stadium. Uh, That's signifies victories. Uh, I wonder if you can see it from space. It's uh, it seems like it goes super high and far uh, away from Sacramento. Uh, I want, you, you probably get to see it from planes going over, but Uh, It's kind of a new addition and pretty fun for them. Uh, Great to see, man. It's been a long time. And, you know, I feel your pain. I I'm a Canucks fan, unfortunately, and they just barely ever make the playoffs. Uh, I've had teams where they've struggled for many years and I've had to, you know, uh, just stay with them, even though I didn't really want to, but I was that that that's my team. And, Um yeah, to to endure this long, it's been so brutal, so
2: terrible. Oh oh no, that it is incredibly brutal. Like you just have to keep enduring and enduring, and you're not even making the playoffs, you're not even getting a sniff at it. But now, now, hopefully, for the kings going forward, they're they're they now have a team that they're going to make the playoffs for the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's uh switch gears to the UFC. Okay, so I've been really frustrated at the UFC uh, hasn't really transitioned away from the apex. Cause I don't find the apex gives you much atmosphere. Definitely need to really start pulling away and barely ever having cards there. Uh, they were in San Antonio this weekend, this Saturday uh, the atmosphere was electric. People were in their seats right from the start of the early prelims. And there was eight Texans on the card. A lot of them had tons of success uh the energy the electricity in there was absolutely phenomenal and i i really love it that they're going to these places the local talent gets to fight in front of their friends and family and uh you know the the atmosphere the energy is just it's night and day be from from the apex to uh some of these ones that are on location oh yeah yeah no it's um it's better to have the
2: audience and the fans there than not to have the audience and the fans. They're the ones that give the energy to the fighters in the octagon. I'm sure the fighters are more appreciative when the fans are there, yeah. because they, you know, drawing energy from like from the crowd. That's a real thing.
0: Yeah. And then I,
2: and we true. draw it from them at home when we see the excitement. It builds our excitement, so it's better.
1: Yeah. Uh, I had a moment where – I had a couple moments where I was really, really touched. Um, One moment uh, that I – before we get into the card fully, I want to talk about uh, Donald Cerrone uh, getting the call from the uh, Hall of Fame. Um, Well-deserved. One of the most deserving candidates. uh, Had an absolutely phenomenal career. Uh, They they surprised him. They surprised uh, his – Uh, they just surprised him. They surprised the broadcast crew, Uh, his family and his kids came and um, it was touching moment for me. Uh, I have been blessed with so many amazing performances from him, seeing him alive many times. And uh, this is a guy that just fought anywhere, anytime against anybody, 15 year MMA career, four, four years in the WEC moves to the UFC, 11 years. Top top of the record books in almost every category you could think of, and um, it was it was super cool. The UFC uh, surprising him and uh, uh, nominating him, uh, inducting him, which will happen in July.
2: Yeah, it was awesome because (laughs) I think even in the broadcast booth, one of the guys goes, "We got him, we got him," and, and I. You know what the one thing about Donald Simone that I've always appreciated is that he's just genuine, yeah. he's always been genuine, and he says what he means and he does what he does what he says. Yeah. You know, that's when he says, Nah, I'll fight anybody anytime. No, that dude will throw down at any point in time, anywhere, anytime. Yes. Like, I think there was the one year there, I swear he had an unprecedented like eight or nine fights in a oh, year, okay. which was absolutely ridiculous. And I think he holds, um, uh, the most amount of Post-fight bonus bonuses ever sixteen or whatever it was eighteen. 18. Sorry, I I misspoke. Eighteen, 18 like it's like bonuses, just, most and fight like of. Just the amount of exciting fights that he's always given us. Yeah, I, I I will say this for sure. When Donald Cerrone was fighting, he's absolutely right. Hey, is there a bar close? Cerrone's fighting. It's time to watch him. Now, <laughs> like, and and he's right. Like right. like that, right. he, is, he was must-watch television. For a very, very long time. Suck that he had to call it a career. But he knew when it was time. And I just wish him all of the best. Especially now in his fledgling acting career. Which I know he's going to kill himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, most pole flight bonuses. Tied for the most with Charles Oliveira. 18. Uh, the most active fighter. Almost every year that he was there. 11 years of promotion. Uh, he's tied for the second most wins. With Andre Arlowski. 23 second-most finishes, uh, tied with Jim Miller at 16, third-most boats ever in the promotion, 38, most knockdowns, 20, and on and on and on. Um, you know, just such an incredible decorated career. Uh, you look at the fighters that he fought, too. He wasn't fighting the joke guys. They weren't <laughs> just putting him up against whoever. Uh, you cannot believe the killers that he had to fight over the past 11 years. Um, he fought. Best best. Yeah. Best of the best. Olivera, Benson Henderson, LD Alvarez, Edson Barbosa, Matt Brown, uh, Conor McGregor, Jorge Masvidal, Robbie Lawler, Justin Gaethje, uh, just on and on and on and on and on. Um, this is a, such a prestigious class that's going in July the 6th, uh, part of international fight week in Vegas. Uh, uh, Anderson Silva, Jose Aldo, and Jens Pulver. Um, this is, uh, incredible i cannot wait to see them uh, put it together and all the highlight reels we're gonna see um yeah it, it's it's an awesome awesome class and i i'm so happy that he's part of this uh this class only 39 years old in the hall of fame was able to celebrate with his family and friends and uh, it was cool that they surprised him and were able to really honor him this way right right away
2: yeah, no, it was it was it was awesome, and I I have to say those those names you just mentioned this might be their strongest Hall of Fame class like ever
1: Never, right that no. they've
2: ever inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame like this is yeah. and that's as elite and as good as it gets
1: yeah the only one that I think uh, rivals it was uh, when Daniel Cormier and Khabib uh, got put in just uh, last year so um, yeah the you know the the uh, quality of the fighters that are going into the Hall of Fame right now are amazing. Uh, the last time I got to see Cowboy fight was against Justin Gaethje here in Vancouver. Uh, you were there as well. And uh, it was uh, a great uh, great card. Uh, why I bring it up also is that um, a local guy from here, Tristan Connolly, fought this Brazilian guy who was coming into the UFC with massive hype A very much way bigger opponent than Tristan Connolly. Tristan was given four days notice, I believe, when he was replacing somebody for the fight. Uh, He came in and uh, Michelle uh, Pereira started doing his capoeira moves and started dancing around. Uh, You couldn't believe the size difference between Pereira and Connolly when you saw them fighting each other. And uh Connelly just uh used his uh pressure approach, just kept at it and uh won the fight. and the the loud the loudness of the cheering uh some of the best I've ever heard, absolutely just phenomenal how much the local crowd got behind the local boy and he uh, and willed him to win. And uh one of the, my favorite moments witnessing live, in the history of this of sports and i've been watching sports live my entire life and it was such a moment no it was
2: it was an incredible moment because it was literally like a david versus goliath like event that was that kind of fight and he figured out a way to tire the big man out to get the win and that that was basically it and i couldn't have been happier and more prouder of him i i've met i've met him on several occasions through a good very very good friend of mine and uh He's he's a great guy, and he deserved that
1: moment. He really did. And the, the incredible thing was Pereira didn't make weight, so Connolly uh, got fight of the night, got both bonuses, got a $100,000 bonus, uh, yeah. plus his win bonus, plus his show bonus, and uh, changed his life. It was um, an incredible moment, and it just made me realize why the UFC is so good of a live sporting event and when you have moments like this you'll never forget it nobody in that place uh, was sitting nobody in that place wasn't cheering Uh, everybody that left that uh, arena would have been telling their friends and their family and anybody that they talked to about that night about that moment and um, it makes fans uh, of you know lifelong fans of the UFC when you when you have moments like that
2: No, no, it it absolutely does. Absolutely does. Because that that creates those memories that you'll always remember, right? It's those memories that you'll always remember, especially at sporting events of that kind of significance. So, um, yes, I agree with you. Uh, Less Apex, more just arenas around the country. That's what they should be focusing in on now, especially now as COVID gets more and more in our rearview mirror. That's what the UFC should be transitioning to now.
1: We had a moment like this on this card. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, right off the top, we had eight Texans in uh, on the card. And uh, we ended up having a local boy, hometown hometown uh, San Antonio born and bred guy who uh, came out in the second fight of the night in the prelims cj vergara fought daniel da silva daniel da silva brazilian uh cj vergara the san antonio uh resident it made me just immediately go back to that Connolly pereira fight because it's the local guy against this brazilian uh brazilian came out wow he caught him on a few occasions had vergara in all sorts of trouble i've actually never seen a ufc fighter run as much as I saw Vergara running to try to avoid that one kill shot that would have ended his night and ended this storybook happening. He ran and ran and ran until he got his wits about him, ended up surviving that first round and came out in that second round and got the victory. And that crowd was absolutely in full throat. So happy seeing their local San Antonio boy, Pulling off the victory over the big bad Brazilian. And uh, it was fight of the night. He won his 50K bonus. And it was one of those moments again for me that reminded me of why the USC can be so great.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, because uh, Lacerda we almost had him out of there in that first round. Like, I, I thought yeah, the fight's over. But credit to Vergara for just to do whatever he needed to do to survive the round. Yeah. And then he came out and said, nah no, nah, I don't I don't think it's gonna like that. It's gonna end the way I want it to. And Lacerda had pretty much emptied his gas tank. Yeah. He was he was he was dead on his feet. He was tired. And and then Vergara took advantage of that. Round and pound got the win. I, it was it was a big time like comeback win for him. Big uh, time comeback yeah, win.
1: One of the biggest comeback wins uh ever. Uh once he got him on the ground. And yeah. was elbowing him and ground and pounding him. I just kept saying, stop it, Herzog, stop it. It's gonna happen. <laughs> oh my god. And and he just he just quite couldn't quite get it. And then he would have yeah. to turn him over a little bit and try to land a few more. And, uh, yeah. and, and it was lasting, I what did it four minutes uh, into that uh round? And I'm like, no, oh, he's gotta finish it. He's gotta finish it. This will be the best comeback ever. And and yeah. finally, finally, uh Herzog jumps in and saves uh. Saved Lacerda. Um, The funny thing was, at first, the Silva's coming into the cage. Uh, Lacerta's coming into the cage, and I'm thinking, "Hey, this is the Silva, isn't it?" And s- somehow he changed his last name. I don't know how or why, but uh, this is Daniel Da Silva. I've seen him many, many times over the years fight, and all of a sudden he's got this different last name. I'm thinking, "Oh, this is Lacerta I'm started trying to trying to look into it. What's going on? What's going on? And then. Holy cow, he caught him with that heel in the temple. Yeah. And yeah, walled sweet. him pretty badly. And then was chasing him around. Uh yeah. it was pretty, pretty funny how much running there was going on. Just trying to avoid getting that uh shot that would put him out. And uh, he said he said he felt fuzzy. He was feeling like uh not quite there, just a little bit off, but yeah. he just felt like. He could, uh, if he could survive, he he might have a chance. And, and the uh, Silva Lacerda has gassed out. Uh, he has 11 first round. He he had 11 victories and they were all in the first round. Um, yeah. He doesn't, uh, he, he hasn't fought in the third round ever in his career. Uh, you could tell, uh, I think he would have gassed out probably no matter what, but after, uh, you know, putting that much output out, he just didn't have anything left. Uh, by the end of this uh, second round. Uh, and and uh, it was so great to see Vergara just jump on it and get the victory. Uh, yeah, just awesome, awesome, awesome. And the, the Texas crowd was just so happy to see their hometown guy get the, get the win. No,
2: yeah, no, they were they were static because they didn't think that they, he was going to win at first. Because no. uh, I know I didn't think he was going to win at first. Um, Lacerta is an absolute killer in that first round. But if you can survive him, you did in that first round, then you got yourself a chance. Yeah, and the girl capitalized on that in the second.
1: Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's t- talk about the main event. Um, uh, you know, I've been talking about why I love uh, you know the USC going to these hometowns and these uh, big events in front of crowds and stuff. But I'm I'm very angry with the Texas Athletic Commission. Uh, I think they do a very poor job uh, with the judging the refereeing. Uh, I, I can't believe that they would put a judge in place uh, for the main e- event. <laughs> it's Corey Sanhagen and Marlon Chito Vera. And he had Vera winning 48, 47 in one of the most lopsided main events uh, we're going to see. This was five Oh, in my opinion, uh, maybe four one, if you just were a little bit generous, but uh, to to have somebody that thought that Vera won that fight is just criminal, and uh, this judge, uh, I don't, I can't believe that he could see it this way. It was uh outrageous, and and it's just happening so much that uh, we got to change this. This this can't be something that we have to discuss uh, over an impressive performance by Corey Sanhagen, one of the the greatest fights I've seen him fight against a super tough guy, but. Um, man, when they read that, the first judge, uh, Bruce Buffer, reads 4847 Vera. I'm like, are you kidding me? What the hell is this? And that happens too much in Texas. I'm seeing it happen way, way too often.
2: Well, my face was like his face, which was like, wait, what? Did I hear that
1: right? Huh? No, man, it did. It did. Like,
2: you know what? I think what they should institute is some of these judges should be graded on their judging yeah. and then be like, Okay, that was egregious. You're not judging for the next like I don't know four or five or eight, or 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 like you're just not judging for like the next four months. Yeah, in any mixed martial arts event, period. You don't know what the you don't know what you're doing. You don't know. You you need to go back to school and figure out how to judge properly, right? Because when when I heard that, I was just like, "That that can't be. That can't be a thing." And that just I'm sorry, it just can't be a thing, because you're taking away from the the. This, the, the exquisitiveness of Sanhagen's game plan against Vera, which was this. He overloaded him into thinking too much, which stifled Vera's offense.
1: Completely And
2: that's exactly what he did. He yeah. overloaded him with his thinking. He mixed up his, his takedowns, his grappling, to his striking, to his switching of stances, to everything. He hit him with everything and different combinations, everything. He yeah. overloaded Vera's brain. And then Vera was hesitant to pull the trigger. Now, if he just fought, I think he would have been great. But he didn't know what was going to be coming back at him. That's why he didn't know what to
1: throw. Yeah, for five rounds, he didn't know what to throw. Five I whole rounds. Yeah, uh, we saw him pull a uh, a win out of the jaws of defeat against uh, Dominic Cruz. Mm-hmm. Dominic Cruz, when uh, you know he lost most of the fight and uh, pulled out a, a late KO win, but um, yeah, he just couldn't do anything. He just was stymied, unable to implement anything. Uh, he has to learn how to start way faster and way better. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, those first two rounds were 1 million percent. Yeah. Sanhagen won uh, easily, easily. And, um, you know, there wasn't an answer. He, they kept imploring him to change his tactics, but there just wasn't any openings. There wasn't any availability. And Sanhagen fought an absolutely incredible fight that uh, just deserves a lot of accolades and a lot of, um, in, yeah, just, you know, claps. And oh my God, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was deserving of a title shot. I think he yeah. um probably needs to fight one more time. And there's a lot of talk that he called out Murav Devashvili, who had an incredible performance against Peter Yan a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think that fight will be, uh, amazing to make, and then uh, the winner of that fight gets to fight the winner of Sahudo Aljo.
2: Now, here's 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 the great thing. Like I think I mentioned this before. So Mirab and Sanhigo are in a fight, right? And then what if Mirab wins? He goes sweet. Who you got next? Nobody gets to fight my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> He's the gatekeeper that nobody can beat. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, okay. So this is great, but I, I can see that happening, yeah. but. I would love to see that fight because Mirab has a gas tank. He's just going to keep coming at you. And Sandhagen would have to come up with, like, a game plan to try to keep this guy off him. And I don't know what that is. Because if Peter Yan couldn't do it, I have no idea what Sandhagen's going to do. But he's a very cerebral fighter. So he'll have a game plan of do something that will be very different from Peter Yan. But I want to see it. I want to see what he will come up with.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, there was talk uh that it could be Sean O'Malley and I think those two Styles that would be an incredible stand-up war uh and, and really good I think San Hagen would be able to take O'Malley down and probably dominate you know most of the rounds that he uh you know, wants to implement that strategy but um Marab you know to, for him to call out Marab after that performance against Peter Yan that's super ballsy it's incredible and uh it, it's really division has really become the best division in the sport i think and uh you know there's just so many great fights that have happened and will happen in the next coming months
2: it's one of the best divisions in ufc right now and uh yeah i there's just there's just a plethora of great fights up and down uh like in the top 10 rankings so i i think they're, they should make Sanhagen uh, Davishvili. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And, then just, and then see what happens after that going forward.
1: Did you hear who Tito Vera called out?
2: No. Peter
1: no, Peter Young. Oh. Oh. Oh, I, see that? That's what I mean.
2: It's a plethora of good fights. I love that fight. That's yeah. a great fight because oh, awesome. now Vera will hopefully learn from this fight. It's like, no, stop giving away the first two freaking rounds. Bite, yeah, bite, you that know, like awesome, yeah, because yeah, like like that's one guy, Peter Yan. No one do you don't want do that, you don't want to give him two rounds, and you're not gonna win the fight.
1: Yeah, no, that was amazing, and I loved hearing that Paulo too. And uh, I think holy shit, yeah, there's just constantly incredible fights to have in that division, and uh it just continues on and on and on. Really super fun. Um, okay, cool main event, uh, holy home. Fresh off a new six-fight contract at 41 years old. I was quite shocked to see that the fight week that uh, the USC decided that they were going all in for six more fights with Holly. And uh, she did not disappoint. This was uh, a very, very impressive performance uh, for a girl that hadn't been in the cage for quite a while and came in against a really tough opponent and just dominated this one throughout. Now Santos's
2: uh, her game plan was to wrestle Holly Holm because she thought her wrestling was better. It was not. No, <laughs> it's clearly not better. <laughs> like, oh. like I think I think Santos was in for a very big surprise when she was like, "Oh, I I can't out wrestle her. I can't out grapple her. I can't out anything her." Yeah, I I was impressed. I was impressed with Holly Holm's. I think Holly Holm was very much ready. For that kind of fight yeah and, yeah she and had prepared she for
1: for sure yeah that was the best grappling performance i've i've ever seen from her too
2: yeah yeah no she was prepared for that she knew that was coming and she dominated it yeah. don't like i didn't think i thought it would be even to be honest with you i didn't think it would just be sheer utter domination on her part but it was totally. she, she won that easy going away
1: yeah great to see her come back and uh great to see easily uh getting the victory um uh, Super excited for her. And, um, yeah, I've, I've always loved her. Uh, really happy she's back. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we get to see her very soon. Uh, okay, uh, 50K was also given out to the winner of the previous fight, uh, featherweight fight between Nate Landwehr and Austin Lingo. Uh, don't like Landwehr; I'm not a fan of this guy at all. Glad for him. Good for him and getting this 50K and getting this victory. Uh, what did you think about his win? Wow, okay, all right. Um first off, I'm going to say that Lingo
2: started off well with good boxing, really good boxing. It's just that Landwehr's offense was a little bit was more diverse. Yeah. And the pressure that he was putting on Lingo was beginning to wear on him. It was beginning to wear on him to the point where all of a sudden Landwehr in the second round was really beginning to take over. And then once he did that, got him to the ground and got that rear naked choke finish. I it was a very impressive win by Landwehr against a very tough dude. Lingo was not, that was not an easy fight.
1: I, I don't like rednecks in the sport. Uh, he's uh, one of the worst rednecks. I uh, just can't stand the guy. I wish he'd just go away and we would get somebody in there. It's a lot better than him. Uh, not a fan. D- don't want to talk about him anymore. Let's talk about the uh, Macy Barber uh, victory over Andrea Lee. This was another example of ridiculous judging. This was a split decision. Andrea KGB Lee did not deserve to get her uh hand raised in this one. Uh I was shocked that it ended up in a split decision. And uh Macy Barber, um yeah, uh, great great victory by Barber. Uh great victory by Barber. I, I thought that she was
2: uh definitely ahead in the striking with their combos and such. And uh yeah, like I yeah, I, I just thought that she was definitely she had momentum. Throughout the entirety of the fight. And I thought that was beginning to build after the second round. That that she was really beginning to take control of the fight. Um, Good. Good win by Barber. For sure.
1: Yeah. Very good win. Yep, I'm impressed. She's called the future. And I think uh, she is the future. She's going to move up the ranks. And uh, challenge for a title one day, I believe. Um, Okay. The fight that was supposed to take place right before this fight on the card was canceled just as the main event, our main card was kicking off. Uh, Alex Perez suffered a seizure in the locker room while he was warming up for his oh. fight, uh, had to pull out of the fight. Um, this has been a incredibly bad string of luck for Alex Perez. Number six in the flyweight division, face uh, trying to face Manuel Cape, number nine in the division, really excited about this fight, didn't happen. He's had ten fight cancellations since 2020. He's only been able to have two fights in the past three years, and uh, this was another big setback. I'm not sure what caused the seizure, but uh, glad it didn't happen in the cage. Didn't happen, um, you know, in front of uh, you know a whole audience. I'm glad it was caught, and I hope um, you know, really, God willing, that uh, everything's going to be fine for him. Uh, he can get the medical treatment that he needs, and uh, we won't see this happen again for him.
2: Yeah, or 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 if, if the weight cut for the division that he's trying to fight in is too much, that he's going to have to move up because that's scary. Yeah, as they did make an true.
1: announcement that it had nothing to do with weight. That they, they oh, did make that right. announcement as well. Okay, so, yeah, good. thankfully uh, that was that was talked about and they. Said okay,
2: okay, that's good, but at the same time, man. It, okay so if you get in a seizure just before your fight i don't know what your medical thing is going on in, in your body but that's something that needs to be figured out and i'm sure that the ufc is like well you're not going to fight until you figure this out yeah you're, yeah. you're not going to fight yeah yeah. Glad,
1: yeah uh okay back to the card um uh-huh. i kind of want to just blast over the albert Duriev uh cheating engine to kwani uh you know you know how much i hate russians and uh, uh, you know good performance by Duryev, but uh i i i hate cheating russians they don't deserve a- any uh real commentary on our on our broadcast here so uh let's let's move on to uh daniel paneda against tucker lutz uh paneda also a local texas guy uh fighting a really tough guy with tucker lutz uh this was a really really back and forth great battle in the first round and yep. then Pineda took over in that second round. Was able to uh, drop him. He dropped him twice: once in the first, once in the second, and was yep. able to uh, secure a very impressive guillotine choke, getting a win in front of uh, the hometown crowd.
2: Uh, the one thing that I, I I noticed with Pineda was he he couldn't miss with his counter right hook. Every time that Lutz was coming in, he would he would he he'd hit him with that counter right hook. That's so true. that that was um one of his main weapons for sure. Uh, he had great knees in the clinch, and then in that second round when he when he had his opportunity to dig in that key of team choke, he got that sucker in. He got it in deep, yeah. and it was game over. Done. I
1: was, uh, was kind of surprised at um, the, the betting line. Uh, the Vegas had uh, Tucker Lutz as a big three-to-one favorite, and I mm-hmm. thought, um, hey, uh, Pineda has had 45 uh, mixed martial arts fights. This is a super tough guy. Uh this is a guy that I wouldn't uh, you know discount and, and put uh, as the underdog. And uh I was right. Um I ended up uh being very happy. I put a little bit of money on Beneta and uh ended up being right. Uh it was it was, you know, I, I just saw the experience level was just so much different. Uh 45 fights is an impressive amount for for a fighter, and uh he, he proved me right.
2: No, know 45 uh, fights is like, yeah, that's a wealth of experience that you just can't discount. You, you, you should never discount that. And uh, Pineda used that to his advantage and got a win in the second round.
1: Yeah. He's actually had the uh, – uh, he's the second most um, – he has the most uh, – second most fights I- against any active other featherweights. So, um, yeah, I, I noticed that. Uh, he also, he has 28 victories and he has never went to a decision, 28 finishes out of 28 victories. So, uh, he doesn't want to ha- send it to the crappy <laughs> judges in Texas, doesn't trust them just finishes and, uh, 28 for 28, 100% finish rate. That's uh mind blowing. That's super impressive. No, that, that's that's incredible. I remember when I heard that stat, I was like, oh, geez.
2: I think he's literally the only guy, and I believe he is the only guy on the UFC roster that has that.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, especially with that much experience, for sure. Uh, okay, uh, why don't we uh, just quickly fly through the prelim card. Uh, we also had a Brazilian, uh, Lucas Alexander, against Steven Pedersen. Uh, Patter- Pedersen, uh, one of the only Texas fighters, on this card that wasn't successful um the speed of lucas alexander was something that i just continued to write down couldn't believe how fast how easily he was landing his kicks compromised petterson's front leg made him have to fight southpaw and uh just picked them apart uh, completely dominated him in this victory
2: yeah completely dominated him in the stand-up um yeah, his speed was unbelievable, um, and Pedersen was just—he he basically finished it. Finished that fight on guts and will, and that's about it. That's about all he had to give. Uh, but Alexander, that was a complete dominant victory by him.
1: I felt a little bad because you saw him uh, kiss his son as he's just about to enter the cage. He handed him, uh, you know, a couple of his maybe his necklaces and stuff, and you know, hey, his son was looking so happy, and then he gets. Beat pretty bad. Uh, He decided to call it a a career. He retired in the cage, uh, hung up his gloves. Uh, He, unfortunately, was three and five in the UFC, but those eight fights match his nickname, Ocho, and uh, he decided that that was it. He um, has uh, a really good coaching career already and uh, will be part of the MMA community for the rest of his life, I'm sure. Uh, I, I, I like to see him in a lot of wars. This just wasn't a good matchup for him.
2: No, no, this this was a horrible matchup for him. The guy was incredibly fast, slick, great on his feet, and had a wealth of experience actually in Muay Thai fighting. So that definitely was not. Uh, it was not great for Pete Peterson. Not a great matchup
1: whatsoever. No, no. and um, we saw Alexander made some mention that uh, one of his teammates passed away this past week. Uh, he's got a GoFundMe going on. Uh, the guy was married with three little kids, and um, he's hoping that uh, if anybody has money that they can spare, uh, it would be very nice and generous to help this family out that lost their father and lost their husband. And and uh, yeah, it's uh, this this rocked their gym and their community. And he uh, made mention of him. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was.
2: You know what? It's great when uh, fighters use their platform like that to to serve notice to friends or family that are suffering or going through something else. Um,
1: And so you use that use that well. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I do want to mention Trevin Giles, also uh, born in San Antonio. He was raised in Houston, but he's a San Antonio native, Uh, is undefeated in Texas. All the fights that he's ever had in Texas, he has been able to get the victory. Uh, this he faced a, a very tough opponent in Preston Parsons, whose nickname is Pressure. And I just kept writing Pressure, Pressure, Pressure <laughs> as I was making notes watching this fight today. Uh, it was, um, yeah, it was a tough fight for Giles, but yeah. uh, he's tough as nails and was able to pull out the victory, even though uh, Parsons was very game in this one. The Parsons was very game, and he walked through a lot of shots. Uh, Giles hit him with
2: a lot of shots that would have dropped other fighters. That Parsons kept on that pressure, man. I I was impressed that he he had that much pressure on Giles. And this was a very, very, very close fight. Very close fight. Giles just edged him. But, like, yeah, Uh, Parsons, I was impressed with Parsons' pressure and his toughness.
1: Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to see out of that one eye for probably a good week. Uh, It was a huge Huge Ah. goose egg on the side of his eye. And, uh, but as they say, uh, I think even Bisping might have said it pressures create, pressure creates diamonds. And uh, Parsons is going to be good going forward. Uh, Happy that he fought so well, even though he took abuse, he just kept coming. And uh, this guy is somebody I'm looking forward to seeing again. Uh, I want to mention just the uh, opening fight of the night Um, Victor Altamarena fighting uh Vinci- Vinicius Salvador uh hell of a fight uh, really 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 good way of kicking off the cart. these flyweights were just going at it like crazy and uh i i was very impressed with both of them uh ended up uh, Alton America got um, got the decision but this was this was a, f- a very 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 fun fight
2: yeah it was it, the fight was up and down it was like it gave you everything that you wanted especially in in the beginning of the like you know, start of like the UFC event
1: and everything else. Got the crowd into it, obviously. Very good play. Yeah, very good. Uh we've got a one-week break, no UFC this coming Saturday. So we won't preview anything until next week. We got a big card coming up the following week, but uh that's it. Uh I do want to mention though, this Saturday, uh uh Jorge Masvidal's game bred boxing card will take place. Uh I plan to watch it. Um, we talked about it uh, when it was announced uh, maybe a month or two ago. Uh, it's finally here. Um, Roy Jones Jr. against Anthony Pettis. Vitor Belfour against Ron Ronaldo, Jacare Souza, uh, Jose Aldo, Jeremy Stevens, and uh, many, many, many other fights on the card. Uh, can't wait. Glad this is finally coming together. One week before Jorge Masvidal is about to fight Gilbert Burns, uh, it'll be great to uh yeah see this come together and uh yeah I, I'm excited to to see all these guys box. I'm I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to tune in. because
2: uh, I'm I'm curious to see what it's gonna look like. Like like uh how how it's gonna look, how how he's gonna put it together and everything else. I'm I'm just curious. I'm very curious. I'm very
1: curious. I am very curious i am excited and uh yeah, I I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a really good. Uh, yeah, a really good show, and uh, I I'm ex- I'm pumped. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I definitely recommend a lot of people tuning in. Uh, these they'll show us some incredible highlights of these guys' careers. Some of the best mixed martial artists we've ever seen, and and uh, yeah, I think uh, it'll be a good show. And uh, I hope I hope it is for Jorge. Uh, I really like him. One of my favorite fighters of all time.
2: Yeah, he's he's a great fighter. and He's a great uh, personality as well. So I think he's gonna do
1: well. Okay, we we only got 15 more minutes or so. Um, let's just quickly blast into the NBA talk. Uh, LeBron James uh, came back uh, much before he was supposed to. Um, they asked him, uh, did any doctors recommend surgery for this injury? He said, two. And they said, oh, really? Well, why uh, didn't you go that route? And he said, because I went to the LeBron James of feet, and he told me not to. He told me I could... Uh, overcome this and get back onto the court before everybody thought I could. Uh, He has returned. And uh, even though the Lakers lost last night, um, came off the bench, uh, played pretty good. And I think this is really going to propel the Lakers into the playoffs and probably a play-in type scenario, but uh, he's back.
2: That's amazing. I, you know, like, it's just, I don't know how he did that. Nobody does. I don't know if he, he he got like that X gene. So he's got Wolverine's regenerative powers because there's I've heard from a lot of other people it's like, well, a lot of people thought there was no way that he was going to be able to. Yeah. Like like not.
0: Like yeah. Zero, zero chance
2: of this yeah. Happening. And then and now he's done it again. And so it, it just goes to show that he's kind of built differently than everybody else. He sure
0: is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I don't think I'm going to post uh, this doctor's name. I'm not going to, uh, you know, put it out there. Uh, if you have feet problems, uh, go to the Michael Jordan of feet because he's the best, <laughs> not the second best. Uh, LeBron James of feet. Uh, you know, I, I I would go to the best, not the second best. No, uh, yeah, well, I, I I would I would I would agree with
2: you, except well, look at the results of what LeBron did. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that's true yeah yeah he's back way way sooner than anybody in the world would have would have thought so uh okay I, I i do want to mention um the players of the week uh we had in the west brandon ingram uh led led new orleans to a 3-0 record 31.3 points per game 10 assists 6.3 rebounds um, ingram traded for anthony davis a while back and uh, really helping the Pelicans for their playoff push. In the East is Jalen Brown, also 3-0 record for the Celtics this week, uh, 31.7 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, and shooting 56% from the field. Uh, and Celtics are still still really in the hunt to win the East and uh, get another run at a championship. Yeah, uh,
2: with the Celtics, actually, you know what I heard – I heard comments by Jalen Brown about like, because I, I know that his contract is coming up at some point in time and they they were talking about his contract. It, I, I, it feels like he's, he feels that he's still not getting the respect he deserves, hmm. which, is, yeah. which is kind of weird because it's Very like, weird. oh no, you're really good. And I think all your teammates know you're really good. I think yeah. all your coaches know you're really, really good. I think all the front office people know you're really good. So I don't know where the disrespect is coming from. Maybe from the fans. I don't know. But if they're coming from the fans, then they're uneducated and stupid. And you shouldn't listen to them. (laughs) Because I can't see Boston trading this guy away.
0: No, it would be dumb. Yeah, it would be ridiculous.
2: I think it would be utterly ridiculous. I think think he's a cornerstone of their franchise, and I think he's somebody that they they need going forward. He's
1: so good. Incredible. Yeah, I'm shocked that they would even – yeah, there's anything – but incredible amount of praise for what he's done. He's really helped uh, just rejuvenate that franchise. Him and Tatum are, uh, you know, two superstars, and and uh, yeah, they're they're lucky to have them. That's for sure. Yes. Um, yeah, Dallas Mavericks not so lucky right now. Uh, really falling down the Western Conference rankings. Out of a playoff position currently, as we sit right now. If the playoffs started tomorrow, uh, they would be out. Uh, this experiment has not worked. Uh, their defense is just absolutely brutal. Uh, Kyrie, uh, you know he's he's been okay, uh, but th- this this experiment hasn't worked. What they needed was a guy to rebound and play defense. They didn't
2: need Kyrie's offense and no defense like they did. That's what what they needed. That's not what the team needed. Oh. So they went for the the flashy, gaudy thing, and it has totally blown up in their face.
0: Yeah. And
2: also, too, I'm going to say this. This is not on Kyrie. Kyrie's actually – he's just done his thing. He's he's done well. He's scoring. the He's scoring. He's doing what he's supposed to do. All right? But what he does is not what the team needed in the first place. It never was. Yeah. He needed defense. And then you trade away one of your best defensive specialists on the team. Guess what? Your hey, defense is garbage. It's horrible. It's yeah. not very good. So I, this is what they, this is what you, this is what you've created. And now you got to fix it somehow. I don't know what
1: they. Do. I don't know if Mark Cuban makes the day-to-day decisions, but he no, probably had not. to have, had to have signed off on this. Uh, he used to be a good basketball mind, but everybody saw they were defensively horrible, and they needed something different. But uh, yeah, like you say, they went for the splashiness, and uh, it has really blown up in their face and uh yeah I I don't see Kyrie even staying there because no. they're gonna flame out so bad uh he actually got into a huge scrap last night with a fan and got yeah. him kicked out of the arena can't believe that uh he has you know uh, he's he's not concentrating on the court instead of something in the in the stands it's kind of bizarre that you know he would even get involved in that kind of a thing now now here's uh, allegedly
2: Allegedly, this is what the fan was screaming out the world is round, the world is round.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my god, that's, <laughs> that's awesome! Wow, out. I would have bought that guy a few beers. That, that's amazing.
2: <laughs> now, if that's what it is, I will I think for myself, I'm like, can you get thrown out for yelling out the world is round? Can you? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's ridiculous. <laughs> if you did, that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I. I I uh I hope that's not true. <laughs> Getting booted for that. Holy cow. Craziness, eh? Wow. Yes. The, yes. World yes. the world I love is round. Right. Um let's just quickly oh, I want to mention uh Golden State Warriors uh played yesterday, and um they kept giving the ball to Jordan Poole in the crucial moments. They gave it to him at halftime they gave it to him at the end of the third quarter and the end of the fourth quarter and he blew it on multiple occasions uh turned over the ball gave the victory away and um i'm shocked that steve kerr is not utilizing steph curry clay thompson in these pressure situations turning to a young guy in jordan Poole who had a good run last year but isn't a guy that you can automatically count on in pressure situations. And I was really shocked and surprised and it really blew up uh, against Golden State where they had this victory last night snatched away because of some terrible turnovers uh, to Minnesota and Carl Anthony Towns hit a big three pointer at the end to to get the victory. I think, you know what, if you're going to make, if you're going to do an
2: experiment like that, might as well do it in the regular season Getting down to the end, right? Okay. So because like now yeah. this is pressure. Yeah. And so I think Steve Kerr goes, ah, let's see what we have here. I already know what we got with the other three guys with Clay, Steph, and Draymond. I know what those guys can do. Right. Let's see what the young cat what see what the yeah. young cat can do. And, and, some, I, I honestly believe that's what he was trying to do. Right. I think he was like, he's trying to set him up saying, This is these are the situations that we're going to need you to perform in. This is what I always ask from these guys.
1: They figure it out. Now you're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, maybe. He did not figure it out that night. No, he didn't. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe he's trying to, trying that experiment in the regular season down the stretch and putting the yeah. putting the pressure on him. See see how he uh, shakes out. Didn't didn't work this this past night. Uh, we'll see if he does it again. Uh, okay. They they need to they need every victory they can get. They don't want to be in this play in tournament. They want to have a solidified top six position so they can move forward. So we'll see. Uh, Last NBA note for me, um, Charles Barkley last night was on 60 Minutes and decided to throw another shot at Kevin Durant, saying that uh, the uh, new NBA players have too thin of skin and can't take any criticism. And uh, he said uh, Kevin Durant was a, a shining example of that. And uh, Durant immediately got on his Twitter and uh, fired off some uh, anti-Barkley rant as well. And uh, these guys have been going at it for a while, but I'm amazed that Kevin Durant is watching Charles Barkley on 60 Minutes and and hearing what he has to say and getting on Twitter that quick. uh, It it sort of just reinforces what Barkley was saying. Uh, He said he just can't take criticism. Uh, too thin a skin, and uh, it's always been the case, and and uh, yeah, doesn't doesn't that exactly show what Barkley was was saying? Of course, because he responded as
2: soon as Barkley said it on sixty minutes within a couple of seconds or a couple minutes or whatever. But like, yeah, and and, and at the end of the day, should you really actually care all that much? Yeah. Yes, I yes they're they're, they're somewhat your peers. They're they're Hall of Famers and this and that. But they're not your actual teammates. Hmm. You know who should actually care about all the time is your actual teammates at that time. Yeah. What they think of. Yeah. But you know, like because like those are the guys you're going into the trenches, you're going to war with all the time. So all the other stuff, let's be honest, it's noise. It's noise that you can clearly put in
1: the background.
2: Okay. You don't even need to hear it if you hmm. don't want. It.
1: Yeah, I was shocked and, uh, yeah, kind of bizarre. Uh, out of all the you know, things that I watched Barkley do, uh, I just didn't think that Devin Durant would be watching 60 Minutes and trying to, uh, yeah, get back at Barkley for another comment about him. Um, okay, why don't we just quickly end with some NFL talk. Uh, I do want to mention my favorite thing that happened over the weekend that I heard was Bobby Wagner is back with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, much beloved Bobby Wagner linebacker, 10 years in Seattle, eight pro bowls, helped him to a super bowl victory, helped him to a second super bowl was the anchor of that defense and, um, went to LA and you thought that was it, but he's back one year, $7 million contract. Uh, he is a run stuffer. Seattle was last in the NFL last year against the run. Uh, he's going to immediately improve that. And uh, great to see that fences were mended. Uh, They were able to kiss and make up, and uh, he's back. No, no, it was cool to see that he's back. I saw that too as well. I have a sneaking suspicion
2: he's also back for another reason. I think he's going to end his career Last year, yeah.
0: Could be it. This might be it. I think
2: think that's it. I think that I really do. And I think it's fantastic that they were able to make room for him. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah, I I
1: hope it's not his last year. A lot of guys do that. They'll sign the one day and they'll, you know, right off in the sunset, you know, as a a Seahawk. So, you know, they can have that, you know, as something to always say. But, um, yeah, I think he still got it. Uh, He was was top guy against the run last year uh, defensively. And, uh, yeah, that's what the Seahawks need. They need a few more pieces, obviously, to help them out. I hope this isn't his last year, but great to see him back. So, so, so thrilled that, that he's there. Uh, the biggest news today about the NFL was Lamar Jackson finally revealed that he has asked for a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. He said he asked for that trade on March the 2nd. March the 7th, they put that non-exclusive franchise tag on him, $32.4 million, and every team in the NFL has been able to negotiate with him to try to sign him to a deal not one has stepped up to the plate nothing has happened i don't know if this changes too much but i guess it does make you aware that uh this relationship between baltimore and him is fractured to the point where he does not want to ever play with them again yeah i it's surprising
2: that it, it, it came to this i maybe it came to this uh it finally came to this point because of the fact that he doesn't have an agent and that you're dealing with him personally. Maybe, maybe that actually helped in that. But the thing that I'm more shocked and surprised at is that nobody's going after him. No. We're talking about Lamar Jackson. Like, like I I don't that's the one thing that I'm like, I don't really understand that. Like, like is the rest of the Erable saying, well, he's a bum and he's no good? Yeah, really? He's got no talent. <laughs> like, I, don't, like, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, and I, I'm, I'm wondering if teams are being scared off because you have to deal with him and not his agent. Yeah. Like, like I, I think, I think that's a bigger deal than what I ever thought it was. I think it's a huge deal now because nobody wants to talk to him. Nobody yeah. even wants to approach him. Like, and that's to me, that's like, what? Why would you not want that guy on your team? Are you kidding me right now?
1: Yeah, yeah, MVP of the league just four seasons ago uh, had a decent year last year when he was healthy, has been, you know, dual-threat quarterback, still 26 years old and in his prime. Um, it seems like it's collusion to me somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah. Uh You know, I can't see why it wouldn't be because the option on half the league is worse than, than him, maybe more than half the league. More than half the league. It's, uh, in, insane that uh nobody's trying to step up uh this is a little rich where you have to give away two first round picks uh maybe because he's made this known that he's asked for a trade maybe it's not as rich of a, of a an ask from Baltimore now that um, that's out in the public domain but uh I don't know um they're gonna have to come up with 40 million dollars and two first round picks. It seems you know pretty pricey. That's maybe why they're staying away and hoping that um they will be able to negotiate something a lot less pricey, uh, you know, pick wise anyway.
2: Yeah. Or maybe the, maybe maybe teams are just like, you know what, we'll wait till after the afternoon season after you finish this non-exclusive thing and then then we'll deal with them. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, I do have to wonder about collusion. I really do. Like I, I look at all of this and I'm like, so is this how you? This is how you shut people down? Is this how the NFL owners do it? Ah, right, boys, we'll just get together. So we're all agreed. We're not giving Lamar two hundred million. Yeah. No. Aye, 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 aye. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
1: yeah. I, I think there has been collusion in the NFL in a lot of cases, and this sure seems to be, uh, you know, very blatant case of it because it's very yeah. shocking and surprising. Uh, two hundred and thirty guaranteed millions to deshaun watson after his fiasco off the field uh russell wilson a guy that's much past his prime getting a couple hundred million uh yeah i mean it's very glaring examples of them doing this with other quarterbacks that don't have the same level of talent at this moment in their careers that lamar jackson has no no it's 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 just odd it's just odd because you're just looking at We're talking about Lamar Jackson.
2: Again, we're just talking about Lamar Jackson. We're talking about Action Jackson. We're talking about one of the most exciting players to ever grace the the fields of the NFL. And nobody wants to give him a contract. Really. (laughs) Yeah,
1: brutal. Yeah. Well, the weird thing about NFL is such a long offseason. There's a lot of time to put this together before the season kicks in. Same with the Aaron Rodgers deal. Uh, they're going to just talk about that to death. It's going to happen. He's going to suit up for the jets this year. Just, just wait, cool it. The, the deal will be made. Lamar Jackson, I don't think is going to throw a pass for Baltimore Ravens ever again. Uh, he'll be in a new uniform this off season. Uh, but you know, the NFL has the longest off season, in any out of any North American professional sports. And uh, it's, it's, it's a ways away. So nothing very urgent to make it happen right away. But uh, the urgency that I see to just happen is it's dame time. It's time to uh, <laughs> end, end this podcast, send you off. And uh, I'm so glad you're off work. I'm so glad everybody uh, was able to celebrate your birthday with you tons. And uh, the weather is suddenly kicking in great. Uh, you and I have places to go. we got Smitty's the court side and AJ's (laughs) and uh, we're going to get together. I I need to buy you a birthday drink because I I didn't buy one for you this past week. So uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get together. Um, We'll watch some NCAA or some playoff basketball. We're into the second last week of the NBA. So it's coming, man. It's coming. So uh, have yourself an awesome evening and uh, we'll talk over the next few days. We'll uh, make something work where we can get together. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to it and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, my friend. We will talk to you later. Thanks so much, buddy. You too. Cheers. Bye for now. Okay. Wow. Okay. That flew by. Uh, That was awesome. Um, Glad we could get Jason out when he needed to and wanted to. And uh, yeah, that was a lot of uh, topics covered, a lot of fun uh usc was great um yeah there was so much good sports i love that march madness what a tournament this year it's been phenomenal i I watched some amazing golf on the weekend the match play was really fun uh yeah lots lots of sports going on this is uh such a good time of year and um yeah the the game is close to being finished denver's up three 114 111 on the Joel Embiid less Sixers 13.3 seconds left doing uh referees are at the score's table trying to figure out something right now currently uh, but looks like right now Denver's in the driver's seat to get the victory. Um yeah, I I do want to mention uh on Wednesday I will be doing a Major League Baseball preview show that will um have some uh, incredible baseball minds. Uh we've got Great guys coming in. Uh, Barry Grant Jr. and Dale Corey will be uh, gracing us with their presence and uh, we'll be doing an amazing uh, preview show of the upcoming MLB season. Uh, tomorrow is the last day of spring training. Uh, Wednesday, they have uh, the whole league has a day off. And Thursday, we get to see first pitches. Uh, so please tune in and uh, check out our podcast on Wednesday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, these guys are going are, are great and uh, bring it and uh, have tons of baseball knowledge. So uh, it'll be a blast. Uh, I also want to thank our uh, partners and sponsors. Uh, appreciate all the support. Um, anchor.fm, the easiest place to make a podcast. Uh, phenomenal at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. If you want to do what Jason and I just did, just go to anchor.fm. Verbaro, the hockey equipment and apparel company, an industry leader in technology, performance and value. And of course, the V350 stick is a must have for any hockey player in your midst. Uh, Pampas Impossibilities, they are designers of West Coast pretty things for your house and um, house, apartment, townhouse, whatever you have. Uh, They can come in, spruce it up, make it look great. I really recommend them to uh, anybody that's um, in the local Uh, area around here and um, also don't forget uh, forever living the aloe vera company for health and beauty products Uh, you can purchase those products on our website at very good discounted rates Uh, love all the products use them uh, throughout uh, my entire repertoire in my house and um, yeah appreciate your support as always Um, we are doing great things Uh, please go to our website check out uh complete sportsmedia.com completemedianetwork.com tons going on right now with us and uh we're just um, going onwards and upwards uh, gonna have some really great podcasts coming up and uh as and don't forget Wednesday uh, please watch the podcast uh with my incredible guests we'll have a lot of fun and uh yeah you'll be very happy if you tune in so take care of yourself Uh, and enjoy the rest of your evening, and enjoy this beautiful weather we're having. We are finally into spring, and uh, it, it makes me feel great, and I'm sure it does for you too. So take care of yourself. Love you lots. Bye for now.